When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies. From people not typically depicted in scary movies. And what a treat to get a break from the scary movie that is our life right now <laughs> uh, with all this motherfucking virus bullshit. <laughs> I'm reading a, a, a novel called Severance by Ling Ma. And it's about a disease that originates in China that turns the world into zombies. And I had to put it down because I was like, you know what? This is a little bit hitting a little bit too close to home right now. But it's a wonderful book. I to- it, like, it, it topped all the, the New York Times lists like last year or whatever. And I would totally recommend it if you're into that post-apocalyptic zombie horror genre literature shit. Uh, Dre, are you washing your hands? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, usual amount. Uh, I got like a new uh, process for this whole coronavirus situation. So... Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, it's just I can't tell you everything because then everybody's going to copy me. But so off air, I'll tell you. But, you know, step one is just drink a lot of mango White Claw. OK, so mango and is your flavor. Yeah, that's it's the shit. And <laughs> I figured that'll knock out some of them germs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you see, though, this week that White Claw was trying to nominate a new flavor? What is it? I mean, there's watermelon it, and a couple of others. I want you like have a to... michelada kind of thing. Okay. Well, not, you know, like a, I want something with tahine. And okay. like, yeah, give me some like chamoy something. I'd be happy with that. So White Claw over Bon and Viv and Trulies. Fuck Bon and Viv. <laughs> Fuck Bon and Viv. That shit is good. Nah, it's not that good. <laughs> and Trulies not that good. Trulies. I mean, Trulies is not good at all. Um, I will force myself to drink if it's the only thing left. Because I mean, sometimes they be having shortages in LA. Yeah, I mean, get your money, Keegan Michael Key, but that is some <laughs> garbage. Have you? There's the new um, the Bud. I think it's Bud. Or Coors, one of them has a, a sparkling. Yeah, they have like a margarita. Or, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, or, you know, just stop. Don't mm. don't do that. We don't need to water down our. Stick booze. to what you what you do. Yeah. Don't tiptoe over to this little category. Just do what you do. Were you telling me that Tito's had to make a statement that you cannot sanitize your hands with their vodka? Yeah, they had to make a public statement yesterday because people are fucking dumb. I know. I mean, did, have you been like grocery shopping recently? My my um, roommate Jenny got home and she was like, um, apparently there's a toilet paper shortage. And I was like, fucking hell, I hate people so much. Get a bidet. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what the fuck are you doing with all that? To- I mean, really, are you just having the shit? Is that what's going on right now? Yeah, I uh, co-signed a, a tushy. So, hey, Tisha, oh. if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, how about we talk about what we're talking about on the show today? Let's do a little act breakdown, okay. act breakdown. So, for our act one, we're doing another Have Y'all Seen. Mm-hmm. This uh, this round, we're doing Return of the Living Dead 3. I can't believe they made three of them. Uh, I think there might be, is there more than one? More than three? Who knows? I, I think there might be like five or six of those. I mean, with a name like that, I imagine they can just reanimate them until the cows come home. They're, oh, it, it's a solid fan base. Like, a, I I would take like 10 of these films okay. over like Fast and Furious or any of that shit. Oh, bitch. Yeah. Okay. I, that's, that's fighting words. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, okay. Act two. 
We're doing our main discussion of Invisible Man, mm-hmm. and I'm Not Okay With This, a Netflix series. Loved both of them, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And finally, our Act 3 Scream Queen of the Week is Miss Reba McIntyre and Tremors. Oh, here's your one chance, Fancy. Don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do this. Okay. Tommy. Yes. So let me tell you about this film. Okay, let's it's get into directed this. by it's Return of the Living Dead Three, directed by Brian Usna. He also did Society. Okay. And, he, and he's also known for HP Lovecraft's Necronomicon and Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Okay. Um, let's see. So this stars Melinda Clark as Julie and she has been such things as Killer Tongue, which I just <laughs> watched last night. Oh, no. And that's going to be on a future episode. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. That was... Is this about Frenching? Are the girls Frenching? Is that what Killer Tongue is about? Uh, there's straight up a scene where she does herself or their own tongue. <laughs> uh! <laughs> it's a Killer Tongue. And then, it, wow. and then it takes on its own life and then she gets fucked by her own wow. tongue. Anyway. I, uh, and Robert, I do not approve Robert of England's in it. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Well, uh, he had a freaky tongue thing. Remember time uh, there was that one in that Friday the 13th, that one kid who couldn't, who was mute. Friday uh, the 13th? I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street, thank you so much. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I got to keep it quick here on Screen Queen. But, okay, so there was one time when Freddie uh, was, like, um, with that, was it playing a nurse, and, and then there was that kid who couldn't speak, and then the nurse's tongue shot out and, like, pinned his arms and his legs to the bed. Do you remember that one? Uh, There's a few. The main tongue one I remember is just the tongue coming out of the phone. With Nancy. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. the main one I remember. But, yeah, he did a few things with his tongue. He's, <clears throat> he's, he's nasty. Mm, do you think he could? I don't know. I wasn't <laughs> thinking that at all. I wasn't. I really wasn't. Uh, <laughs> anyway, she was also, <laughs> Melinda Clark was also, she's really gorgeous. And you know, she just has a face that I felt like I'd seen her in a bunch of stuff, but she really didn't do, like, a ton of stuff. She did. <laughs> She was the mom in the OC. Mm-hmm. She did. She was in. Oh right. Yeah, she was in uh, Days of Our Lives for a while. Uh, she was on. She was in the Muffin Top, uh, aka aka the Werewolf episode of Seinfeld. Mm. And she liked hairless cats. And then like Jerry started like shaving his chest, and he's because he was like, "Oh, you like saw." <laughs> oh weird. lord. And she was Lady Heather, the pro dominatrix, uh, the professional uh, dominatrix on CSI. Okay, uh, you know what? She kind of gave me a little bit of delight vibes. Grooves in the heart, that oh, lady, yeah. a little yeah. bit. Yeah, uh, Lady Miss Keir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I was getting that. I mean, she's, they have similar features and whatnot. And the eyes and yeah. putting, I don't know, cables and wires through your titty balls. <laughs> <laughs> Do not say titty balls. Jesus. And this also stars J, uh, J. Trevor Edmund as Kurt uh, Basil or Basil. I'm pretty sure it's Basil. Wallace as Riverman. Justice for Riverman. Uh, R.I.P. Riverman. You know. He uh, was Eddie Murphy's dad in the beginning of Raw. If you've ever seen Raw, there's this hilarious little segment where it's like a little Eddie Murphy. And he <laughs> plays the dad. Um, and Dana Lee, who's been in fucking everything. Mm. Uh, Lethal Weapon 4. <laughs> so uh, tell me about this movie, so, Dre, because I saw, th- th- you, yeah. you have a special relationship with this flick. Yeah, I saw this uh, the year it got released in 93. I was eight. Uh, my friend's parents rented it from Blockbuster, so I lied to my parents that I was gonna what I was gonna watch, and then I lied to my friend's parents that I was allowed to watch it. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I've done that before. Oh, for sure. That's that, why that I saw like my... Madonna Truth or Dare. I feel like I saw Serpent in the Rainbow because of that. Just lying, lying, lying. Yeah, that was my whole gimmick. I mean, it was either that or I would just badger the fuck out of my parents to see stuff until they would just give up. <laughs> and you know, my whole thing was just I had two older brothers. I'm like, well, how come they can watch it? You know, and I if they're over there watching it. So I would just eventually tiptoe and see these things. But um, I mean, I same, I same. I always had cousins who were always like their parents were never home and they didn't care. I'd be like, no, I'm just going over to Cece's house. And then I'd be like scared out of my mind for five days. <laughs> see, I come back and I was fine. I wasn't that that kid. I who wasn't was not like, fine. <laughs> I, I was, was good to go. Fine. I mean, 
I mean, years later, things showed up, but, <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I was cool. I was going to be like, you and you are not fine either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after, I was hooked after that first viewing. I mean, knowing that I wasn't supposed to be seeing it made the experience like super exhilarating and just very fun for me. It was gross, weirdly sexual, and had a female fucking people up. Doesn't mm-hmm. get much better than that. No, it does not. And uh, so I watched it recently, and I... You know, I wasn't disappointed. It still is really sad. <laughs> and I, I remember as a kid, I, I've seen this movie so many times, and it's been a few years, though, since the last time I saw it. Still makes me sad. Yeah. Riverman, the way they do my boy in this I movie. I can't believe, all he wanted to do was help them teens, and that's why you don't help teens out. Mm-mm. No, because they end up beating you. Yeah. yeah. It, it was a fucking mess. Uh, he got hit in the head by the pipe. He he just was. He got shot. Yeah, he. It was a whole lot going on. And then uh, he was hooked up to that metal brace or whatever. And then his leg kneecap got shot off. He just they did him so wrong. Yeah, it was it was it was a uh, very racist. And it was like, oh, there's there's <laughs> the black got, man who's the punching bag. Yeah, yes, this is, who is also like weirdly knows things and then also was homeless. And it's like, mm. I mean, he chose to like live under the L.A. River, like he's near the L.A. River somewhere. I'm like, I don't know where exactly this tunnel this tunnel that he's in. I, I mean. He he had it all decked out. It was very boho chic, I would say. Um, so would hire him to redecorate your home. Yeah. I like to believe that in the sequel to this, he would be doing some kind of interior decorating. As a zombie. Because he was able to help them and recognize that it was them even as a zombie. Yeah. He was like, oh, let me hold him off. <laughs> oh, God. That was RoboCop zombie. That's what that was. Apparently that suit was like 75 pounds. Oh, he's yeah. Like walking around in that thing. Um. Let's see. Uh, but e- even as a kid, like, I knew this movie was fucked up. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, what am I watching? This is bad. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, but it, it was fun for me. Like, I, uh, what I'm noticing this time is like, Kurt, wow, he's super fucking annoying. That lineup. Maybe I'll move to Seattle and become a drummer. Oh, God. And I'm like, dude, Kurt. I like, have definitely dated that person from 15 to 23, ooh, and it does not work out. You yeah. are not going to be a drummer in a famous band, my dude. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Riverman was laughing at you in your oh, dream. He was. He said he wasn't, but he was. Okay. So this is what I have a problem. Well, it's not a problem, but I was just like, I had never seen this movie before. Um, I had always seen the cover art. Like, I've always seen that at the video store. Like, that image of that lady, um, She's, yeah, super BDSM. With Julie with all the things coming out of her. Like, that is indelible in my mind. I had yeah. never seen this movie before. I didn't know if that, I, I couldn't remember if that was like Return of the Living Dead or Night of the Living Dead or Mall of the Living Dead or whatever. And I was like, okay. But, okay, so they're in Riverman's place and she's started to mutilate herself. And then, like, Kurt, she just brings him in and then he fucks her on the mattress. And I was just like, what is going on? Like, first, he was all concerned about her. Like, what's going on, Julie? And as soon as she wants to fuck, he's like, oh, okay, cool. That's what we're doing. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's real. <laughs> I mean, he was, what, 17? So, like, I guess what, coming into it, not being a person who's ever seen this before, just like kind of tracking, like, okay, so Kurt and his uh, uses some army chemicals to like revive his girlfriend Julie after she dies in a motorcycle accident. Like, homegirl from Hereditary, she like literally bashes, gets bashed into a telephone pole. Yeah, that's the first thing that I was like, okay, so this is kind of like well, she got what she was asking for. She had the chance to go to Club Kill with her hate mass <laughs> friend, and yeah, and but she, you know, wanted to go fuck around in a laboratory. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I mean, and then so once revived, like this punk rock hereditary bitch has got to eat human flesh to survive. Uh, and she starts spreading the zombie thing throughout Los Angeles. Well, she she goes to a uh, convenience a, store, a liquor store, which is 
they say it's South Central. That is not fucking South Central. But if you don't know downtown or L.A., like they don't they do this all the time. Like they'll literally be in two completely si- different sides of L.A. But, mm-hmm. And they'll say, oh, they're right here. And then they'll get they'll they made a mistake in this movie. of like actually saying, oh, he's going when they when he bites. She bites a cholo in a in a liquor store playing Street Fighter, Two, And so they take off way ahead of them. And then they're like, oh, I know where they're at. They're by the fucking the because there's only during, down that alley. The only way you can get out there is by going to the seventh street uh, fucking bridge and then that tunnel. And I'm just like, no, you wouldn't know that by anything. <laughs> they could be fucking anywhere in L.A. at this point. Yeah. But they knew exactly where they were. That but, was very, like, Californians to me, that SNL sketch. where like, the 205 to the 103. Yeah, it, yeah, it's only a thing that it was, like, a gripe for me. Mm-hmm. But it's totally, like, it works for this type of film. Well, it, they're trying to find Julie because the, the cholo that she bit has started to get sick. And they're yeah, like, oh, maybe yeah, that bitch has rabies. This bitch. Yeah. And after they just killed the liquor store dude and... So, you know, like, it's just, and they're horrible. They they don't give these people, I don't like how they they set the cholos up to be. Like, they're just ruthless and, like, you know. Just thugs, yeah. Yeah, they're just thugs. But I'm like, they could have given them, like, made them a little bit more likable. They mm-hmm. were just, like, they made them not likable. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Filipino. She wasn't Mexican. <laughs> yep. Which I did a little bit of research on her. Uh-huh. And she was this like high achieving Penn State architecture student who ended up marrying a guy who claimed to be um, a Rockefeller, who he was actually a and French a de- grifter. A, he did like every every prominent person throughout Europe, like uh, De Laurentiis. He, he conned like her like. Two hundred thousand dollars, you know, seven hundred thousand dollars here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all up and through Beverly Hills, the Hamptons. Like mm-hmm. he came through every wealthy place and just grifted every motherfucking body. Yeah, and she had a son with him named Zeus. Oh. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, uh, what I did know, also in my research, so towards the end, so 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 Julie sort of starts to understand that she her her hunger for human flesh can be somewhat abated if she's in pain. So she starts to like mutilate. Well, this herself. is when the BDSM comes in, and again, I didn't think oh BDSM back in the day, but it was just like oh that's punk to me, mm-hmm. and so you know she has spikes and. It was just really like, and it had also like has like a Freddy kind of thing going on too. She she like go, uh, puts the shit through her nails and yeah. And the makeup is amazing. I think it's really fucking cool. It still to this day creeps me out. It's, it is. It was gross. Yeah, like it's it's not. It's like it's. I love practical effects. It has um sort of a a John Carpenter vibe, like the thing when Homeboy gets his she rips out Homeboy's spinal column. Ooh, that was gross. And then his head. Just, yeah, but he like tried to take her in the fl- back and fuck her. He was just He's like, a floating kind of head. Bitch. Yeah, and. Uh, I mean, everything she did was justified, except for eating homeboy's brain. But yeah, she he, shouldn't have done that. But you know, she was already in a fit. <laughs> um, yeah, because she comes out with like glass all up through her arms and shit, and like again, wires in her titty balls, and like she's got like all kind of like like she's mutilated her like neck and like her lower body. And everything. I was, I, and so like I read online that that makeup took nine, eight or nine hours to put on every single day. They mm-hmm. got it down to like five but, or six. Yeah, but, but then they have to do glam on top of that. That's mm-hmm. just for the the special effects shit. Could you imagine sitting in that chair for nine hours? Well, I mean, people it's worse are just today. People do people do like half a day a day for makeup or some shit like that to you know, for like really extensive stuff. So that's nothing I in guess. comparison. I mean, if you're not like fucking playing like Beast of a Seeker or, or Nightcrawler and putting blue paint all over your goddamn body and all kind of appliques it's on top a lot. of that. But I mean, for two weeks, I'm, I'm assuming. I think they sh- yeah they shot this in two weeks, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's she she was fine and it looked really fucking cool. <laughs> it did and, look cool. And the reason he he. Uh, featured her so much is because after he did the the uh, Bride of Reanimator, he he was mad that that creation that he made in that 
didn't get enough uh, attention. Mm -hmm. So he really wanted to feature her. That's why she's on the cover. That's why, I mean, you when you see this movie, that's the main cover you remember. It's just her and like her silhouette mm -hmm. and the jacket. And yeah, you're like, what is this? You know? I thought this was a unique entry into the zombie universe because first of all, it's like, this is a person who um, was willful well well didn't have a choice over herself being reanimated but it was willfully done by somebody else through like a chemical means first of all how did he know that chemical was going to do that i don't really know how did he get access to it i don't really know they do because well they okay so they got his dad's access card and then so they knew at the beginning of the movie when they watched the thing come back to life so that's that's how he knew to bring to bring her back alive to bring her back to life um the issue is none of basically they contained it. And then that little motherfucker started it all over again. And his dad, typically the guy, the guy that plays the dad in this type of movie is an asshole. But his dad, upon like reflection, is actually a pretty decent person. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, like I'm letting you have your little rocker phase and I'm letting you figure things out. And it's, he's like, we got to move. And yeah. I'm sorry, we got to do this. And mm -hmm. and he should have just left his kid. He should have just let his kid get shot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, Parenting 101 with Drea. <laughs> this, is this a new podcast you're going to do? <laughs> that's I'm just saying. There, there was no mother in the picture. Uh -huh. And clearly he was lacking judgment. And if she had been around, she would have said the same thing. Mm -hmm. Our son is a shit. And <laughs> he, he should get shot. See, because that's what happens when you give kids too much freedom. He he went. He tried to indulge that kid's uh, his, his son's little drummer uh, punk rock thing. Got him a motorcycle and all that kind of shit. Yeah, and just to run you wrong fuck? like that. That was that was that was messed up. Mm -hmm. And that dad, you know, he still tried to save him in the end. Once waste of time because like Kurt ended up you know gets bit and then like him and homegirl as like, soon as he, all that and then he gets fucking and bit gets and it's bit. the dumbest thing in the world. This thing comes out of nowhere and it's it's very like of course. Of course, mm -hmm. you stupid motherfucker. And so I didn't have that feeling in like the, all the other times I've watched it before. Um, it's usually been like met with sadness that end. But this time it was just like, oh, yeah, this is like fitting. Because they both end up getting incinerated together. It's yeah. very romantic. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. Here's why I liked it. Because I couldn't tell if it was a romantic comedy or a scary movie. And in my mind, those are the same thing. Well, they purposely <laughs> like drove in like they they didn't want and there's no intentional comedy in this. It's supposed to be horror and drama like the so it is funny, but that's not like that was unintentional comedy. Mm. Like upon like we watch it now and it's like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. But that wasn't it's sad. There's like a really weird tone to this movie. And, you know, especially like just the what they did to Riverman. Yeah. I, I won't get over it. I'll, I It's still like it. It like leaves like a pit in my stomach every time they talk. I know. He opens up his home to these people and mm -hmm. they fuck him up. That's and... why you don't open your home up to white people. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get get out. And then, you know, so. And I thought too that um, the inclusion of the romance element of it, like, I kept, like, in. As I was watching this, I knew it wasn't going to end up good, but I kept wanting her they, for them to find a way for her to get better somehow. Me too, because I really liked that her character a lot, actually. I mean, she was really annoying in the beginning. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, bitch, like you deserve to hit that telephone pole. <laughs> but then her character was just so fucking rad. Like, mm -hmm. there's, there's got to be a way. They could, I mean, it's a ridiculous franchise. They could totally bring that character back. Uh, I mean, it's been some years now. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's been like forty years. So. But, uh, I could, I can be her. I'm gonna play her. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're coming for you, Halloween. <laughs> so yeah, that is our. Have y'all seen Return of the Living Dead three? Please check it out. Yep, it's a gem. It's online. You can get it anywhere. Yeah, it's on Shutter and all that shit. Act. 
two, we've got to add to our main discussion topic. This week, we're going to be talking about the recent reboot of Invisible Man and the television series I'm Not Okay With This. Uh, first up, Invisible Man. So, uh, Elizabeth Moss does this shit. I really liked her performance on this. It's directed by Lee Wannell, uh, who did Insidious Chapter 3 and Upgrade. Is that a movie? Upgrade. It was okay. that Blumhouse film that came out a couple years ago with a guy that kind of looks like Tom Hardy about the the, the super high-tech house and he has oh, the high-tech car. And, okay, okay. Yeah, and every, I kept, yeah, I kept getting that kind of uh, mixed up in my mind with uh, Ex Machina. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, because they're kind of uh, similar. Yeah, they, yeah. they are kind of similar, yeah. Um, so Elizabeth Moss, uh, Aldous Hodge, who can fill out a pair of flat front khakis and a button-up. Let me tell you, I wanted him to pop my head in between his titties like a grape. Like, he's, it was, yeah, he's a beautiful man. Ooh. My, my mom has a thing. I mean, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> go, wait, let's go back. That's not true. <laughs> I do. Uh, my mom loves Aldous. And I used to tease her. I'm like, oh, you love Aldous. But, like, she loves him like a son. But... I love him. I don't love him like a brother. Ooh, I'm no. like, hello. I'm bouncing quarters off that, that ass. That is a pretty ass smile. <laughs> I mean, we'll get into him more later on. Uh, also stars uh, Storm Reed, who's so cute. Um, she's from Euphoria. Um, Oliver Jackson Cohen, who was on Haunting of Hill House, who I also think is quite fine. Um, and he's coming. He's going to be in the uh, the next Haunting of Bly Manor, which is the next installation, like season two. Uh, follow up to Hunting of Hill House on mm. Netflix. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I love it. Anyway, so let let me give you the breakdown of this fix. So Peggy Olson, Scientologist, elaborately delivers herself from the clutches of her genius but narcissistic, abusive, misogynist ass fuckboy. Still cute though. I'm gonna say, uh, she lives with Aldis Hodge, who, as I said before, can fill out a button down and some flat front khakis. Let me tell you. And his daughter, played by Storm Reid, who I love. Uh, when the abuse monster stages his own suicide, he leaves five million million dollars to her smell contingent on the fact that she not commit a crime but then it turns out that diazepine boyfriend has access to an invisibility suit that he uses to stalk and terrorize handmaid's tale lady when nobody believes her she decides to take matters into her own hands but not before a lots of security guards get fucked up Okay, so so have you seen her smell since I mentioned it to you? I didn't yet, but it's in my inbox and I can watch it at any time. Thank okay. you so much, uh, Hollywood need, screeners. Once you watch that, uh, then you'll know why I said Elizabeth. This is basically Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss doing her smell. Okay. Just toned down a little bit, but then she brings it back up. Um, is she like, like traumatized a, it's a control, in that movie? It's a controlled Courtney Love. Okay. And, I mean, she's Courtney Love in her, her smell, basically. Okay. It's okay. about like... Uh, the riot, riot girl scene. Oh, really? Like she's like years later, and she's like, like having to look at the the new generation of girls that look up to her music, and ah. she's going through it, and she's had years of like in and out of rehab, and that's what it's like a whole night in like what it's like to be backstage with her. Can she sing? I mean, she can control her voice. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know she what? has a tone. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about all that, but she 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 can't not. Sing right. She can sing, not right. sing. Yeah, right. She can sing. she can um, fix her her voice to a tune. Yes. Okay. But so this movie has a ninety one percent still on Rotten Tomatoes. But people are fucking tripping. That's you know that's like mainstream standards. Uh huh. I would give this a seventy percent, maybe a seventy five percent. I I would I would agree with Rotten Tomatoes, and this is why mm. I was tense the whole time. I mean, that's not saying much about you. Well, <laughs> bitch, can you just not? It's the truth. That's I mean, Tommy being scared, you. Just <laughs> Jump at everything. <laughs> I jump at the toaster. It's true. So, okay. But, but the Tommy, the Tommy meter. Okay, but here's the thing. You know, I feel like similarly to Uncut Gems, it 
stayed tense and it started tense and it stayed that way. And I, you it know, built I was consistently, I was entertained. I wasn't bored at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story didn't really, not at, there were moments like when the whole restaurant scene was fucking nuts. Oh my God. Yeah, that, was, that was crazy. Nobody that, saw, I didn't see that shit coming. No, neither did I. Yeah. When she fucking slits her own sister's yeah, throat. Yeah, and I was, sister's throat. And I, was I audibly, like, I audibly fuck? gasped, you know. When he hit Storm Reed, when that, out of nowhere, I was like, oh fuck, this is a different type of movie. I don't appreciate her like getting hit. And that I don't was appreciate, so disrespectful. I don't appreciate Aldis getting fucked up. I don't buy oh him getting God. fucked up like that. No. 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 I, Especially I, by that homeboy's brother at yeah. that point. No, 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 no. I mean, no. I guess they're, they didn't say it, but you know, this suit must give them also some kind of strength and ability. Yeah, because. But nah. Because like weird, like uh, Bill Skarsgård dude could not beat up Aldis Hodge like that. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No. It just, he, they didn't even give him a chance to kind of just flex for us a little bit. Ooh. Why couldn't that shirt have gotten ripped? You know what I mean? Like a little bit of a, a, a whimsy for the rest of us. It would have been funny if like the uh, Invisible Man just played pranks and like pulled his belt <laughs> off and his pants, like pants done. That and- would be amazing. <laughs> you know, give him a wedgie and then pull them all the way down. We want to see what Aldis is going to Right there. That's a 70%. <laughs> that was, you mean 70% for wasted potential? Yes. Okay. I'm saying there, for the lack of Aldis booty <laughs> in this movie, there is, there's a 70%, maybe a 60% yeah. now that I think about it. I was wondering, I do not, do you have a, a, a fire extinguisher underneath your sink? Oh, of course. I, I One time I needed it too. Oh, really? I um I left because I learned to like keep certain, you know, you can keep some uh, cook grease, you know? So I, I had a, a, an oven before that I could see through it, but this one was just a solid like old school like just uh, you couldn't see it because you couldn't see through it. I turned on my oven to preheat something and I forgot that this Tupperware of grease was in the oven. Oh, because I kept it in there just because I used to do that store shit. And like I 10 minutes went by. I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And I opened it and just like a whole billow of like black smoke came out of my oven. And I was like, I knew exactly where my fire extinguisher was fucking lit up my I, it was all over my kitchen that white Damn. shit and it but it thankfully i got it just in time and like all the and some for some reason there was nobody home in my neighborhood so nobody saw me embarrassing the shit out of myself <laughs> you know you get away with embarrassing yourself with nobody seeing you like that time you flipped on that bird scooter oh <laughs> no wait, wait i somebody saw me because i got paid 300 dollars on the spot oh <laughs> that guy that ran over me gave me 300 bucks <laughs> oh wait the first time i fell yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah never mind <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did that shit with Becky one time though, because uh, she came to visit me in Brooklyn, and we were both high as fuck and drinking a little bit, and put a pizza in the oven. Didn't realize we kept the paper part at the bottom. Oh, stupid! <laughs> I know. Oh, we were so high. You probably would have ate it too. I know. We probably will. Was should and did actually. No, we threw that out the window. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just want to say again, Elizabeth Moss acted her ass off. Oh, she's a fantastic fucking actress. And- Scienti- her Scientology crazy ass. <laughs> She's wonderful. She's, yeah. She seems like a personable person, honestly. Yeah, and I was reading that um, Oliver uh, Jackson Cohen stayed on... Because like a lot of times she's acting against nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, because this person is invisible. You never feel that. Yeah, but like he was, he stayed on set with her and sometimes even wore like a green suit so that like she would have a partner to act against, which I thought was really generous on his part. Yeah, I mean, um, reflecting back on... Uh, Vampire in Brooklyn, where Eddie Murphy would hardly ever leave his trailer, Mm-mm. and Angela was acting against his his uh, body double or nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it can it makes a, a huge difference when you make an effort and you show up for your partner. Mm-hmm. I liked uh, the well. Here's the other thing, and we kind of we touched on it a little bit last week when we were talking about After Midnight, but like genre rarely gets its due 
especially when it does it well. I mean, mm-hmm. we're all ready to shit on 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 scary movies and comedies when they're when they're bad. But like when they're great, they don't even they don't get the due that they're like you know if 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 what scary sense, movies like got their sense? due, yeah, like Lupita would have got nominated for playing two really good characters in yeah. Us. I mean. Okay, I, I I guess you know it's always great when something good gets nominated, and when something doesn't get, uh good get nominated, then it doesn't matter. The Oscars don't fucking matter when they don't recognize you know things properly. Mm-hmm. Um, when they do get it right, it's great. But I don't think any of that shit's valid any, anymore. I mean, regardless of Get Out and us getting you know praise and recognition, you know I don't care if it gets you know what the Oscars see because whoever's behind the scenes over there they clearly don't have their pulse on anything they don't know what's up yeah it's all about popularity and you know it's about money Mm -hmm. and it's fucking rigged yeah like you have to play a game so I I definitely I've I've seen a huge shift oh I mean over the last I mean in the renaissance of like Jordan Peele he's he's, I think he's ushered in something really cool right now Mm -hmm. and then there's a whole slew of young independent directors like last week uh after midnight and mm-hmm. VFW, mm-hmm. really creative shit right there. Yeah, and you know we recognize it, so mm-hmm. fuck all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, and what I mean is like, I it frustrates me yeah. that something gets relegated as less than because of the genre that it's in. Yeah, you know, and and like this shit. I mean, in addition to, I mean, okay, I get what you're saying about the story being a little wan, but like when it was scary, it scared the shit out of me. Like when she pours that paint on that man. When he was like in on the ladder, I wasn't expecting that, and I was that was, that was fun. There was some jumps. It movie did not scare me at all. Didn't I scare. I was terrified. I mean, again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying it like it's some shocking statement, <laughs> but uh, it. I jumped. I did. I, I jumped at that, and I, and I enjoyed that. And I, I enjoyed the movie. It just in the mainstream, like uh, the, those standards. It was a really passable movie mm. would i be watching this one over and over again no it might become like a kind of like the net i guess i used to okay. every time the net comes on i put it on the background right, or some shit right, so Paul. this could be like one of them okay w- what about the twist that it was the brother and not him in the suit at the first time did you see that coming um uh it, it wasn't that shocking mm-hmm. i mean and then i knew there had to be more to come mm-hmm. um because you know once he revealed that he w- he knew the whole time then, you know, once they were oh, getting some, like, you I'm like, die. oh, yeah, yeah so you, you and your die. brother set your ass up. Oops. And, uh, yeah, so he's, he's a little pussy-ass bitch, and, <laughs> true. And, th- and that's that. True, true. He got what he, he got got. I was just, I was like, well, as I was watching it, I was like, there is no way. I was like, you're putting this woman through all of this. Like, she better get something out of this. Like, she better get to slit somebody's goddamn and throat. And they kind of, it was pretty boss. Yeah. I, I did enjoy that ending. I really, you know, sometimes the looking directly into the camera shit is very, like, but she's, you know what I also like? Because she's not classically beautiful, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. But she, she is, like, she, there is some, uh, something about the way she carries herself. Mm-hmm. And it is really, like, she's very light on her feet in some ways. And she's, it's, like, kind of poetic. Mm-hmm. Kind of romantic yeah, the way she yeah, acts. Yeah. I really do enjoy her acting a lot. Yeah, and it's really malleable. Like mm. she can, she has a lot of range. I mean, even again, like talking about us when they had to play two different characters, and she played that really creepy version. I mean, of and herself. it was just a, a bit. And she's and I remember we you remember her in that yeah. movie. It's it's only for and Tim Heidecker as well. Like, but yeah, she's a fantastic actress. You know, I like 
all I don't know what the whole Scientology thing is. I think maybe she just, you know, you just have to do that. Mm-hmm. It, but I mean, also when you come up in it, I'm sure it's different than like get coming into it later on in life. I but, guess. I mean, I, I wonder what Fred Armisen has to say about it. <sighs> well, get on the horn, Fred Armisen. We, we would like to know your thoughts. Let's transition <laughs> this a nosy. little bit into um, I'm not okay with this. Because I think, too, um, Sophia Lillis, I, I, I watched her in interviews, and she has a very sort of disaffected stoner quality to her, but she plays the hell out of the roles that she's in. And she's had to do a lot of really dark stuff in her very short career. I mean, kids today, like... They really get to own this sad shit. Like mm-hmm. when we were doing it, you know, fucking goth kids. Like, <laughs> but today, kids are just sad. Yeah, they, they're all the time from like <laughs> from. Birth. I mean, listen, <laughs> the world is on fire. Everyone's I getting get sick. Like whatever. I get it. They never even had a chance though to like pretend. I guess so. So so not so they're just so affected by everything. So yeah, they they. <laughs> A lot of I hear a lot of kids today just talking about giving up on so many things in their mid twenties. You know, they're like, "Fuck this, fuck marriage." Like, I mean, honestly, I ain't fuck having marriage. kids. Like, I mean, yes, but fuck they're marriage. saying this at twenty three, twenty four. I'm mm-hmm. like, you can't possibly know who you're gonna be in ten years. That's true. You know, you just don't fucking. That's know. just some precocious shit. Yeah, this, and I. You know, I really enjoyed this series. So I'm Not Okay With This is based on the Charles Forsman graphic novel. He also wrote the graphic novel or the comic series End of the Fucking World, which was also a series on Netflix, which I also enjoyed. It was directed by uh, Jonathan Entwistle, who also directed End of the Fucking World. Um, so it was a little bit of that. I thought it was a little bit of John Hughes, specifically The Breakfast Club, and also Carrie. So I'm not okay with this. We're basically following, it's like basically Carrie the series, right? Because we open up on a shot of mama, blood covered in like a dress, and you're like, oh, and if you've seen Carrie, you know, she probably just got done fucking up some kids at a dance. Um, so Sophia Lewis plays Sydney Novak, a 17-year-old girl who realizes when she gets mad, she can fuck shit up with her mind. Uh, Wyatt Olaf also is on It With Her. He plays Stanley Barber, the back-knee-addled neighbor and sort of love interest until Sydney realizes she actually has a thing for her best friend, Dina, played by Sophia Bryant in her first major role. Dina, however, is dating the typical asshole jock Brad, who of course seems dead set on making Sid's life hell. We learn that Sid has become increasingly lonely and distance since her daddy committed suicide without telling anyone. Uh, the homecoming is coming up soon. Her little brother is getting bullied at school. Uh, Stanley is a drug dealer with an asshole dad and homophobic. And Brad cheats on Dina and maybe has the clap. And there's a hedgehog named Banana Wigglesworth and a lot of other teen shit. Uh, Drea, what did you think about this? Did you like this series? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, okay. So I, I saw the trailer and I... You know, I all I knew was based on the opening scene. I hoped that it was going to be what tri- what the opening scene looked like. I hope it was going to be like that throughout it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I watched it. It took it, it took like no time at all to get through this. I know because it was a cinch. They're to get all through. like a twenty five minutes. Yeah, and it, it felt like a breeze getting through this. But by the end, I, I watched it, and then I hit up Tommy. I'm like, you need to. We need to watch this. And I'm like, I think it'll, it fits in perfectly. I um, let's see, I. I, you know, so I was desperately hoping for the show to fit into the criteria we needed for the show. And it, you know, it, the ending of Oof. this show solidified that. Should we? Uh, we'll get there okay. in a second. And uh, I felt that, you know, each character well-defined. And for those we were meant to empathize with, it, they were easy to relate with or understand. Mm-hmm. Um, an emotional coming of age story with super uh, supernatural elements. Yeah. You know, like that's. Okay, I'm yeah. good. I'm yeah, sold. Yeah. Because like as your body is changing and stuff, like you do sort of feel like I don't know, you're a mutant or something. Mm-hmm. You're like uh, there was there's hair there and there wasn't hair there before. It's really sweet, you know, it's like the way they captured some of that. I 
you know, I love the connection between Sydney and Dina and putting a young queer story in the I forefront loved like it. that. Oh, as soon as, I, but the thing is, like, as it just opened on them before, and this is, I think, a testament to Sophia Lillis's acting. Before she says anything, before we even know that she's a little baby dyke, you could tell that she's in love with her friend mm-hmm. just in the way that she looks just at the her. Way they yeah. look at each other. I know it's really, really sweet. Oh, I loved it when like they ended up kissing in the room, and then like you know, Sydney runs away and like has a power burst. But then later on, Dina is like, "So I want to talk about that because I didn't." hate it and i was like Ooh. yeah and so so okay um i i think uh dina would understand uh even after sydney well she exploded in homeboys <laughs> I w- oh first of all i'm gonna say to the school administration fuck y'all for letting him grab the mic like that get on stage with homegirl's diary and then just start and why, reading and from nobody it. was nobody stopping him. nobody no, was stopping him that, pr- uh, that 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 principal or whatever he was so up their asses for some other shit some detention they and bullshit did that for some, the build-up i yeah. get why they did it but you know it was just like Okay, he cared more about burritos than he did about that damn diary. It really should have been like as soon as he pulled the book out, she should have been like, "What?" and then just pop. Mm-hmm. But whatever. It was. I really did like the build up. I did too because I hated him more and more every single second. And when he tried to, you know, schmooze with her, and I'm like, "Bitch, get the fuck out of here!" He, he tried to call a truce, and then he got mad at her for saying that he cheated on somebody because she it's overheard like, him saying that he cheated on her with why, somebody. You know, if you don't want nobody to talk about you cheating, then don't put your dick in somebody else's bed. But so as as he's reading her diary at the homecoming and he's getting closer and closer, he reveals that he's that 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 Sydney's in love with Dina, like da 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 da. And she just like pops his head like a grape, blood everywhere, everyone screaming, Dina like motionless. Uh, And I immediately texted Drea in all caps. I got to the end of it. I'm not okay with this. Oh my God, what happened? What happened? What happened? I can't believe it. That was such a perfect ending. I it loved great. it. I loved it. It was the buildup of so much tension. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to season two. Uh, I, I want to get more into what the hell is going on with her abilities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's going to, she's basically, I'm pretty sure that a uh, homeboy following her around the whole season is her dad. I thought I thought I thought so too yeah. because like she, they the, came, the mother well, my dad left he never explained it. He never explained it. So she's going to get some kind of resolution there. And the mother c- kind of talked about the way in which the daddy was feeling isolated and didn't want to put them in danger like that something happened to him when he was at war yeah. and when he, came he got back. exposed to something. Yeah. And I think, and Dina really um, identified with him as the mother was talking about his isolationist, uh, his isolationism, and the fact that he felt like he was dangerous. And she was like, "I feel the same way too." You mean Sydney? Sydney, yes. Yeah. Um, and you know, so basically, she's a young, next season. It's like Young Skywalker and Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. That's what's about to happen. I'm hoping. I thought that was a cool visual when they show the guy whoever's following her kind of like blow off in the dust. Mm-hmm. He has like some kind of vanishing power or some kind of teleportation yeah, power. Yeah, her, her daddy. Uh, her daddy. That's mm-hmm. her daddy. Okay, her daddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, no, and he's like watching over her. Yeah, like that. It, that's what it is. Like I don't. I mean, if it's not that, then it's somebody who's trying to hurt her, mm-hmm. and that it's. But I'm pretty sure they're going to go in the direction of it's a dad. Mm. Uh, what did you think about the? Uh, ensemble cast like that okay here's the thing you know I don't like kids but her little brother was so cute yeah he was he was really adorable <laughs> she, she was fucking up giving him advice and trying to like step in oh man she she tried to confront his bully and you were like you know you're gonna get your brother beat down for like, that if you're gonna do all that then you better fucking back it up with yes. something 
<laughs> like scare the shit out of that kid. But you you needed to have a game plan going into that, Sid. Come on she, now. Yeah, she she had a few of those moments, which again, it's really hard to watch that. And you, and Tommy, you know, said this like he uh, identified with some of that, and I, I think we all can at some point, like just not having your voice at certain when you need it. Um, oh, it was yeah, because it's like so awkward. Mm-hmm. And I remember like getting kind of mad at her in those moments, being like, "Stand up for yourself, bitch!" Not only are you superhuman, Carrie, but like you're way older than they are. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of understood and identified with the fact that like at that age, I didn't have that voice neither, mm-hmm. and I felt like when I was in danger or vulnerable, I shut down on the inside. And I, I, I then I softened to her a little bit. I, I understood her character a little bit more, and I understood why the decisions that she made. And like when you're that, when you have that much anger and you and that much adversity and you don't have an outlet for it you take it out on yourself and i think like that her power is just kind of a metaphor for that like she's uh, um uh, the way in which like she's externalizing her um anger and her grief and all that kind of stuff is just like manifesting this new ability that she has and i thought that's a really effective way again we talk about like genre and horror as being creative ways of telling stories that you can't do in other realms you know if this was a straight up drama I mean, we, we've seen that story before. You know, this allows it to, as it expands into like a more superhuman realm, it gives it an added, I mean, it just, it makes it while um, awkward and sad, also kind of fun, mm-hmm. you know, and interesting. Very. And I want to see what happens with her. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm still struggling with some of those issues, but I'm, I'm into it. And also as I was watching a lot of um, interviews with the cast and they seem to really vibe with each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Stan and Homeboy that plays Stan and it, and they already have that connection from that from those movies. And yeah, I was watching. It's really funny watching like these little cast ensembles because we, you know, we used to have that back in our day, like TRL and like MTV. That was what we had. Now they have YouTube and they mm-hmm. have, and it's like these kind of like fake setup interviews. Like let's get into their lives, but it's it's weirdly like a music video, and it's mm-hmm. just like them. It, it it's very like a '90s throwback, and it's. It's strange, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm feeling my age. I do too, especially when I look at them, and I'm like, and I, I there, there was one that I saw, and there was like an interviewer, and he was kind of going gray, but like still wearing sneakers and like trying to act cool, and I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. that's me. <laughs> I'm that not cool interviewer who was trying to act younger than he really is. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I really hope it gets another season. Also, this is, takes place at a certain point. There, there's like a picture you see the um, two main characters from End of the Fucking World. So it's implied that these happen in the same universe. Mm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Learned that from Wikipedia. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hey. Mm-hmm. So I'm really you. looking forward to season two. Me too. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, we've reached the final act of our program, Act 3, where this week we reveal our Scream Queen is Reba as Heather in 
Tremors. So, repairman Val Valentine McKee and Earl Bassett are tired of their dull lives in the small desert town of Perfection, Nevada. But just as the two try to skip town, they happen upon a series of mysterious deaths and a concerned seismologist setting unnatural readings below the ground. With the help of an eccentric couple, the group fights for survival against giant, worm-like monsters hungry for human flesh. Now, this was the 30th year anniversary of Tremors. And um, Reba was talking about, like, I think Rolling Stone or somebody like that caught up with her. And she was talking about how fondly she remembers this movie, how much she loved acting with all the people, how much people still come up and talk to her. Almost more than being a singer, they remember her from Tremors because of the cult status that it has achieved in VHS and and in home video, not necessarily at the box office, which is the case with most cult stuff. Yeah, Reba has definitely crossed all kinds of different, she's crossed into different uh, arenas. I I don't just think of her as, you know, a country superstar. She's so much more. She's she's just a a personality, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, you just, she can do everything in my mind. She's kind of a dolly. A little bit. She's got a dolly thing going on. Yeah. She's a, uh, I don't know why I was going to say she's Garth Brooks. She's a female <laughs> Garth Brooks. That's fucking insulting. I don't have anything against Garth Brooks. I don't either. But Reba stands on her own. She does. There's this uh, thing on her website called Reba Recalls. So she wrote this little thing about filming Tremors. And what she said was, I was filming Tremors, touring, and getting married all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was my first movie. We filmed out in the desert in Lone Pine, California. I would get into the motel around 2 a.m. from touring, and they'd come to take me out to set by 4 a.m. It would be cold in the morning, in the evening, and scorching hot in the afternoon. It certainly wasn't glamorous, but I loved working with Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, Michael Gross, and the entire cast. Uh, Mama was with me on some of the shooting. Uh, on June 2nd, she drove me from Lone Pine to Lake Tahoe, where we had three shows to do that weekend, and then later got married that same weekend. So she was touring, getting married, and being the badass gun-wielding uh, lady in this movie. Um, and she did know her way around some guns. Oh, yes. She can, Reba can handle a weapon. I wrote that <laughs> in big letters, handle <laughs> a weapon on our little notes. And uh, I mean, that's why she's a screen queen to me because there was no running, there was no sniveling, there was no like. No, no. no. She She's the first one to speak up like she's not willing to give up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, she's a badass in this movie. And and she just fits into her, that accent in this, in this campy kind of film. It, it She just, Lended herself so naturally to this film. It, it just, was, it was a natural. Yes. Blend. I, like, I mean, I would think that she has done shit like this before. Yeah. You know, you, you would assume. It, and it does, like, you know, she wasn't, like, necessarily playing Reba herself. She was, but she know, was playing, it wasn't a far stretch, probably, right. from what she grew up around. Yeah. That's why she was able to tap into that, you know? And it wasn't, like, you know, sometimes you see some of these, like, um, uh, music stars or athletes or whatever trying to get into acting, and it's like, you can see it on their face mm-hmm. that they're still reading the lines in their head. Mm-hmm. And she just seemed to be inhabiting something. Yeah. That I really like, kind of like LeBron in. Um... Oh, in that Amy Schumer movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I thought yeah. he did a really good job he in was that. Funny. Yeah. Um, and then Breba, as a person who knows her way around guns, there's a part where she's like shoots a flare gun into the tremor thing. Um, what did you think about tremors in general? Um, okay, the. <laughs> I, I just started reading about graboids a lot, and that's what the trimmers are called. They're called graboids. And I learned about there's a whole history, you know. <laughs> I, I wanted to know what was in them. Like, I was like, what <laughs> is, is that squash or pumpkin when they like oh, fall yes. onto the rocks? It, Couldn't it, find anything about that. Because, okay. I mean, it might be like a trade secret. It could have just been exactly what I thought it was. Um, but this said that graboids, the, the life cycle of a graboid, they start as a, a it starts from an ass blaster. <laughs> 
they're they're laid by ass blasters and then that they lay an egg and then they make a dirt dragon and then the dirt dragon turns into a graboid when and then the third stage of a graboid is a shrieker and then it goes to an ass blaster and the big guy and then it lays eggs and then that's the evolution (laughs) and somebody really said very scientific there is a whole wikipedia like in-depth page about like it goes on and on there are (laughs) <laughs> so many fucking YouTube videos about this because there's like five movies, Tremor uh-huh. movies, and they just go on and on about this shit. And I'm just like, yo, like, I w- and I was, it, it's, it reads as though it's facts. And that really confused me. <laughs> I was like, wait, are these things based on something real? Mm. And I, they are based on like some kind of worm or some shit, but it's, they're nothing like that exists. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it was, I had a lot of fun watching it. And then I watched like a seven minute video of them making the original mm. Tremor. I loved how, yeah, I loved their the way that they're, I, I also thought of like melon or squash or something when like, specifically when the one um, flies out the side and like breaks on a, on some rocks and mm-hmm. I was like, mm, that kind of looks delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking that when they were doing that boulder hopping, that that's going to be like the next fitness craze. Oh the, no. With the giant sticks and the boulders. Yeah, some kind of parkour bullshit. Yeah, yeah. just a lot of people, or people are going to be going out to the fucking desert and you're going to hear about a lot of accidents out there. Mm, they're going to be going out for some sound baths and some rock climbing some all that kind of shit yeah mm-hmm. and and the uh the history or the the wherever graboids come from they i guess they found the first one by a hot spring so okay so watch out guys okay um also ariana way, richards who plays the pogo girl yeah she's the main the, girl in jurassic park uh-huh absolutely that's that's that little annoying ass girl <laughs> um so this was like a family movie in my house. Like it was like one of those things that every time it came on, like everybody would gravitate towards the TV and we'd be watching it. We just fucking love this movie. And, you know, kind of like it ranks up there with like, I don't know, Golden Child or some shit. Like mm-hmm. that's just one of those movies that come on like, oh, we got to sit down and watch this. I think a large part in due, due to the 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 friendship between the two main characters you know so i it, it, like i can't i don't know i don't know if i would say it's like a feel good scary movie but it it wasn't like oh it's, this is it's kind of feel good yeah, to me it's like it's not some like gross shit that you can't watch with the whole family it's like a family scary movie yeah yeah like they don't like they purposely don't over explain even though there's this whole history as we get like fred wards in the next film mm-hmm. and he kind of talks about graboids a little bit they don't do all that in the first one because it doesn't fucking matter mm-hmm. you know they talk about oh they're from space oh they're from here and it's supposed to be like all conjecture and you know it's funny I, and I, I so it's not a film you're supposed to take seriously right. at all because the main characters are kind of like well we don't know where this came from but we have to live mm-hmm. so any kind of explanation doesn't even matter and I, I would love how an hour into the film after they've already seen these fucking things coming out of the ground for an hour mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon standing in the middle of the desert he's like Hey, they come out of the ground. <laughs> they can go through the floors. I'm like, huh? What the fuck are you talking about? Kevin Bacon. And then and then there's another scene where he, I think it's twice he says some shit, or he gets caught in the middle of the desert when he's trying to distract it, and he stops. And he's like, oh, they can't sense me. And he's like lifting his foot. I'm like, really? You just picked up on that motherfucker? Kevin Canadian Bacon. <laughs> Mar- I mean, it was Melvin, though. Melvin was the motherfucker in this movie. That oh, yeah. kid. Oh, yeah. With the, yeah, the one who always sounded like he had a stopped up nose. You know, you were like, Do you just, I just want to tell him to blow his damn nose. That's all. <laughs> I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> he was, was he wearing tie dye? I don't know. He was in the outhouse or some shit. And they were like, cl- like get on the roof. And he's like, no. Hell no. I'm like, they shouldn't have told him to get on the roof. They should have let him get that little eaten. boy die. So this is the one where you want all the teens to die um uh, i mean listen i'm 
I don't have a team. Like I, <laughs> I will hit hit or miss. And he's one of those that is a he's a big hit. Mm. Like he's a target for gotcha. sure. He's a distraction. I love how he asked for a gun. He's like, I wouldn't give you a gun in <laughs> World War Three. <III." laughs> and then he finally gives him a gun. There's no fucking bullets in it. <laughs> right. I, that shit was very funny. They did like make it a point of sort of condemning the lifestyle of Reba and her husband in this movie as being mm-hmm. like the kind of like wacko nut job gun freaks. I kept feeling like, are they doomsday people or are, would they be Trump supporters today? I kept I kept going into my mind. I'm like, I want to believe that Reba would never. But, you know, she would never be down for that shit. I don't think of Reba herself. I think of I her as being either. country, but I don't think of her as being a Trump supporter. I think I've always thought of her as very open-minded, mm-hmm. like like very global kind of, you know, she's in touch. She she has a clue. And yeah, but I, the characters though, mm-hmm. I kind of got a little Trumpy yeah, vibe from like, them. Mm, they, they, know, they, all that was, they, today they'd be wearing MAGA hats in that yeah, bunker. Yeah, like in 1990, we could have survived the apocalypse together, but in 2000, you're kicking my ass out the shelter to be eaten by these warm things. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we had all that food and water. <laughs> all that oil powder. And you would have gotten that. eaten, bitch. Yeah, they, no. the, All them trimmers ate your food and water. Yeah. And she, and Mariba saved the day because mm-hmm. her goofy ass husband gets his leg caught up by one of those things looks mm-hmm. like he was gonna get eaten mm-hmm. and she was like not my boo Mm-mm. Mm-mm. she came she came to the, and unlike homegirl in the beginning when her man got sucked into the ground <laughs> and she was barely digging like where are you honey <laughs> like bitch you don't care yeah and she got to do she got to fire so many different types of guns so i was just like, and she looks all like, the guns she got yeah. to fire all the guns she said they were used quarter rounds instead of re- real ones but but they wanted to use quarter rounds so that at least you get some of the weight of like what it is to actually fire she the gun. was handling that mm-hmm. shit I saw her with a shotgun and some handguns and a flare gun. Mm-hmm. And she can handle a, a the weapon. The elephant gun, she had that. She held it for. She, what she said though was that it actually was a little too heavy for her. She couldn't really run with it, so they made a wooden replica of the elephant gun that she could run with. But That's still, funny. she looks great. Yeah, hell she's, yeah. Like, she's kind of a little got a little Linda Hamilton vibe going on. Uh, in this. Yeah, a little little Ripley vibe. Yeah. See, love Reba. I really do. I, you know, oh, I've always again. Yeah. I just, I can't. I, I like. There is some. There is something about her that I just trust, and I know she's not a hate monger. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, be careful what you, you know. You know what? what? You say. Yeah, I, I shouldn't put too much out in the world because, like, tomorrow she's now gonna we're gonna be find like, out she mm. like has a sex dungeon. And, <laughs> well, listen. And, I mean, I mean, but a, a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're too much. <laughs> <laughs> so that's. How do you feel overall? I mean, I think that was a pretty good nomination for a Scream Queen of the I Week. I do, too. I do, too. I think that's really worthy. I mean, I'm a little bit sad that we only got one more for this season. Yeah, I know. That's, uh, I don't know how the fuck we managed to do that. I don't know. Drea, tell us um, m- maybe some of the upcoming attractions we've Yeah, got. so uh, our upcoming topics. Next week is our season two finale. Can't I don't know it. how the, the hell that happened, but, you know, we're having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Time flies. Um, our main topics will be uh, the new super hilarious and delightful horror comedy, Extraordinary. Like, go see this. I'm seeing it this weekend. Chance. Yeah, it is so cute, so funny. Uh, I'm pro- I'm gonna go see it again next week. Um, and the incredible Stephen King adaptation on HBO, The Outsider. Oh, that's so good. Oh. What do you think is? Did you see the last episode? <sighs> what is going to happen well, if they kill gone. Cynthia Erivo? I'm going to lose kill it. Cynthia I am going Erivo. to lose it. They're not going to kill Cynthia. I got so nervous. But homeboy got shot in the back of the head. We oh, saw that. I mean that execution style. I was and like, then just Bad. the rounds keep going because the, the, the going because the screen goes going. black and we don't know. And I'm that's why I'm just like <gasps> I can't. I'm stressed out. I'm stressed out. That was good. <laughs> but that show is so good though. Yeah. Ugh. So please. Uh, 
catch up before we spill the tea. Because we are going to. Spoilers <laughs> abound. We are going to be talking about everything because I can't keep my big mouth shut. No, he can't. M- my, um, <laughs> my childhood nickname was Loudface. <laughs> I'm going to bring that back. <laughs> oh, Loudface. Like, you know you have a loud face. I remember one time I just sneezed and one of my cousins was like, damn, you have a loud ass face. And then they just started calling me Loudface after that. <laughs> what the oh, fuck does that even mean? I don't. It means I had a loud ass face. You do. Now I that do, I see it. I do. I can fill up a room a loud with my ass voice. Face. I do have a loud ass face. Okay. Thanks for telling me that. <laughs> and telling every one of our listeners. Lovely. Oh, loud face teams over here. Thank you. Scream Queen is produced by Alexander De Palma and Domino Sound. With theme music by Doc Allison. I'm Drea Washington. You can find me at Hey Girl Hey. That's H-E-Y-G-R-L-H-E-Y. And I'm Tommy Teebs, Loud Face Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on all relevant social media. You can find us on Instagram at Scream Queen Podcast. And on the internet at ScreamQueenPodcast.com. Send an email to us at ScreamQueen at gmail.com. That's S-C-R-E-E-E-M queen at gmail.com. And we might answer your questions in a future segment. In the scary movie of your life, you better scream, queen! Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.